Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? It's going good. Thank you for letting me sleep in today. Did you sleep in a little bit? Yeah, you gave me a little buffer. Uh, I was up until 4.30 in the morning again because... Because I made the wrong choices, I had a piece of cake for late night dinner snack, and uh, I'm realizing that a piece of cake is like, um, a piece of cake at 11 is going to sleep at 5. Really? Why do you think that is? Is, Does the sugar stimulate you? Well, it's it's always a chocolate cake, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it just, I don't know, when I don't have it, I go to sleep... Like a normal person, and when I do have it, I feel like I just ate, uh, you know, a huge slice of chocolate cake. No, that's no good. You know, that's a five a.m. type situation. Yeah, then I fly across the I fly across the night uh, on my my <laughs> wings of destiny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I so at five o'clock in the morning, I was like, I have to get up in five hours or in four hours to talk to Merlin. Mm. Uh, but but I wrote you a text, middle of the night text. Hey, can I sleep in? You were like, yes. And now here I am, not with four hours of sleep, but with six hours of sleep. And I feel like there's a huge difference between those things. Oh, so, there's, there's, a, tr- there's a tremendous difference. I told you before about my concept of like, my, I have trouble getting back to sleep sometimes. And I, uh, yeah, I told you about my concept of bonus sleep, right? You get double bonus sleep, triple bonus sleep. If you're able to go mm-hmm. back to sleep for a period of time after you wake up, that's a huge win. But I've also found it very difficult because then you also have to be that person who says, if I pull this off, I'm going to be sleeping into the daylight part of the day when other people are doing things. And I think that's yep. very difficult and I feel resistance and uh, it's hard to do. Yeah. <clears throat> part of the advantage of, or well, let's see, I don't know if I should say advantage, but part of the experience of living alone is that I can pull the curtains and I hear people out hammering in the neighborhood doing doing day work. Mm-hmm. But I pull the curtains and, you know, for a long time, all the way to noon, you can say to yourself, well, carpenters get up early. Sure, yeah. those guys are out there hammering, but they're the 7 a.m. carpenters. Oh, well, obviously. I mean, that's their whole stock and trade is they're early guys. Right. But if you're living with other people, like when my daughter stays here with me, it's I have to get up at fucking crack of dawn. Ugh. What's her? If and, I could ask, if it's not too uh, private, what's her? What's her usual go-to on her own wake-up time? Well, you know, so there are three. She has three homes, right? My home, her mother's home, and my mother's home. And in the course of a of a regular week, she stays in all three places. And her natural wake-up time is has three different. She has three different times. Oh, interesting. She wakes up differently at my mom's house on the reg. Like, she's always up and happy and playing in her uh, playing in her room before my mom even comes in to wake her up. And at her mother's house, she wakes up always kind of like, uh, like eyes squinting, mad um, at the same time of day. And at my house, she will sleep until eleven o'clock in the morning if you if you let her. Jiminy Christmas, really? Yeah. And there's no accounting for it because we've looked at every variable. It's like, well, does the sun come in and wake her up? No, the sun. I mean, the sun does come in some places, but not others. But it's the, it's not like it, it can't. You can't account for it because of that. Is it because of traffic noise or mm-hmm. is my house quieter? Something something you're missing, something non obvious. But we've tried we've thought of everything and it just doesn't seem you know, the uh, it could just be that my mom wakes up at four o'clock in the morning and even though she's quiet as a church mouse, her the energy of awakeness and and aliveness is in my mom's house earlier. And the energy in my house is like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a sleepy bear cave. And I don't, I don't know how much you can, I don't know how much you can in this modern era lean on the idea that I, that not only does the house have an energy, but that the the energy of the people in the house is affecting the energy of other people in the house to the degree that they will sleep three extra hours a night. But. But yeah, she's she has a very different experience, and um, 
And in my, it, sometimes she'll stay in a in a bedroom upstairs at my house, and she wakes up at a different time than if she stays in the bedroom in the bottom of the house. As you know, John, I don't like to get into the topic of magic. Magic and time travel are two things I prefer to avoid on our show. Anything else? Yeah, don't talk I'll, about I'll, time I'll talk, travel. I'll talk about anything else on this show, but two things mm-hmm. I try to avoid: magic and time travel. This might be spooky action at a distance, but I, I, I didn't read the article. But I saw a headline uh, not long ago uh, about, I guess, some scholarship into that feeling when you know someone is looking at you. Like, you ever uh-huh. get that feeling? You're like, um, you turn, and like somebody on the subway is looking at you or something like that. You ever, you know what I'm talking? You know that feeling, that weird well, feeling sure, of like. I mean- I, I I I use it all the time in a in a crowd of people. I'll sit and look at somebody in a crowd of people and wait for them to feel it and look over at me. Oh, I mean, nice. it's a it's a thing you. I mean, yeah, not strangers, right? I'm not no. just like hello, hello, girl in poodle skirt. It's like oh, oh I see it. I see a friend across the crowd, uh-huh. and rather than push my way through and instead be like, hailing, hey, instead of hey. hailing them, you wait you wait for their amygdala to get the John signal. That's right. I shoot the mind bullets at them, mm-hmm. and they're mind—they're mind blanks. They're not like dead. dead yeah, like, bullets. like a brain squib. Yeah, they're like uh, they're like paintballs, mind paintballs. Mm. And <laughs> and more often than not, and it's not that they're sitting and scanning the room. It's Mm-mm. more often than not they kind of look up and they're like, "Oh, hey." So yeah, magic. I just wonder if it's something like that. Is what, is what I'm saying because I've had the same experience. Where like it's difficult for me to know. You know, I've tried all the variables with sleep. And I've tried enough of them. It's sort of like somebody going and getting a test for cancer every day. Like, eventually, you're probably going to die from the test rather than the cancer. <laughs> and I've, I've tried so many things with sleep, and, like, my results have been so weird. Like, I assume that sleeping with earplugs... And, you know, the thing is, I quantify this. I've got a tracking device that tells me how long and how well I slept every night. And I can look at that in the morning and go, hmm, that was very interesting. I had this much deep sleep. I had this much REM sleep. I had this much light sleep. And, like, I, I can't tell fuck all about it. I mean, like, you yeah. know, I even have an app that says, like, you know, I got this app that tries to be helpful and says things like, you know, um, you know, you you get more workouts when you take more steps. Like, <laughs> you spend more time awake when you get up early. And I'm like, thanks, buddy. You thanks, know? little guy. <laughs> it's trying. <laughs> but some of them, some thanks, of them are pretty Clippy. great. You, you weigh more when the days get longer, which is not only categorically untrue. <laughs> Some of it's so strange. One of them, I did some screenshots of these. One of them was something like, um, you have more sunny days when you're in Washington, D.C. I was hmm. like, that's, you know, I bet there's something to that that's true, but kind of weird. More sunny days. So anyway, I don't want to talk about time travel. And I don't want to talk about magic. Maybe I want to talk about spooky action at distance. But I wonder if there's some explanation for this. It could be the ether. In the air, it could be ghosts. Maybe there's Might something. Be universes. It could be. It could be you have an unknown monk hole, and maybe someone's coming up and trying to fix shoes. Like you don't sure. know. You know what I'm saying? What about about wormholes? It could be wormholes. It could be the tubes that run the internet. How do you know you don't have a wormhole? You can't even get a decent home inspection these days. How are you going to find out if you've got a wormhole or not? They're not going to tell you right. that. Yeah. You can't even tell if the if your electrical outlets are grounded, let alone uh, whether or not you have a wormhole. You'd have to get a house inspector. Yeah, a wormhole. You'd have to get a psychic house inspector. You'd have to get somebody who's open to to, to moving beyond the, the the quality of the laminate floor to get down to the plywood underneath. Somebody who's able to come in and give you a high level vision of the unseen. What do you feel about spooky action at a distance? Boy, boy, boy! There's all kinds of stuff where. I would like to think that I'm like a full-on, full-bore, pedal-to-the-metal, James Randi motherfucker, and that I'm out right. there being Johnny Rationality all the time. Small You're laying note, science note, down I, even where, where science isn't needed. I would like to think that I'm, you know, scientifically woke, that I'm out there and I'm like, I'm seeing problems in the world and fixing shit with my mind. But sure, science I, is the laminate floor over the plywood subfloor. How do we even know where the floor is, though, if all we see is the laminate, right? Oh, mm. You can feel it. You can feel it under your toes. You can feel it under your toes. But, uh, but, you know, I know on the one hand, I do a fair amount of magical thinking. I know that I do that. Uh, I don't uh, want uh, to do uh, that, but I know that I do do that. Uh, and uh, and I know that I I don't think or choose to believe in omens and portents and thus and such. Bad right? signs, good signs. And yet, right? I know I do. Mm-hmm. I know do I do. Do you have a lucky thing? I have lucky things. I do have lucky do things, have... and I have lucky lucky signs. Do you have do you have jinxes? Are you do you have, are you like uh, Billy Bean in uh, Moneyball? 
Oh. Are you afraid to go to the afraid to go to the stadium and watch the game because you're going to jinx it? I probably do. I probably do. It's yeah. probably not anything that's even that. It's not even that sensible. It's not even. I don't even have like real world superstitions that make any sense. Sometimes it will be. I've thought that thought too many times today, so it's pretty definitely going to happen. Oh, that yeah. kind of thing, and I know that's yeah. that, that's an emotional and mental health issue, and I'll own that. But <laughs> but I, I do. I don't feel proud saying this, but in trying to figure out how to get your daughter consistent sleep, I'm willing to open open my box here. Is that I do sometimes wonder if there are perhaps unseen things that we cannot be aware of that could be having an effect on how we live our lives. I'm not married well, to I it, but like- I'm open. I feel like that is still basic science in the sense that we have just in the 20th century discovered so many things that we didn't know before, some things that we didn't even know existed, that to presume that we are now at peak understanding is, I think, also like not scientific, right? It's the hubristics, the the, the hubris of the moment, the hubris of the present moment. Hmm. Where you feel oh, like history, good. you feel like we've got it all. We got a whole bunch of books with all kinds of stuff in it. Yeah, nothing's history new, has nothing's stopped. Nothing's new with, under the sun. Exactly, history stops with us. And in fact, you know, political systems will will continue to evolve, and science will continue to evolve. Of course, there are like ten thousand million things we don't know yet. But it's so hard to situate yourself in a timeline where the future. And I don't want to talk about time travel. Mm-mm. But where the future is, you know, unknowable, and you can only see yourself at, in history, um, like as part of a continuum of history, but from a perspective that you can never have. And right. yeah, I feel like I feel like spooky action at a distance is not a thing that we can even imagine how we would discover the the process. But it doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that some young Einstein isn't sitting in her garret and mm, thinking yeah. up, you know, like, wait a minute, uh, time is relative or, or, uh, action isn't spooky. Mm-hmm. It's Turns it, out. actually, it's, it's, yeah, right. It's friendly action at a distance. Well, uh, as you know, I'm not a scientist, but, right. but you look at like the history of stuff and you get somebody who gets a reckon about how the world works. And maybe that could be a right. guy throwing lightning bolts from the sky Sure, something somebody Whitland, and it turns out the Whitland stick is really yeah. And, and you know, yeah. you could even before you even understand what something is, you get to give it a name. And once it has a name, then it becomes an idea that you can you can share with other people. Maybe at some point you get evidence about whether that is a thing or not. Right. Right. And then then eventually, maybe you discover, oh no no no, that happened because of this. And then you go, okay, right. now we know what this thing is. We give it a new name. We eventually get the ability to measure it. And then once we get the ability to measure it, eventually we get the ability to measure it more carefully, and to like right. re refit it into our understanding of things. And I, I just I just don't know which stage of those things I'm at with some of my reckons about the world. Right. I, I don't have a way to measure the spooky action in a distance that makes my daughter get up at 6 a.m. every day. Yeah. Oh, she gets up regularly at 6 every day. Pretty on the regular. This is that shitty time of year when it's just so goddamn bright all yeah. the time. It's bright Sunny. at bedtime. We try really hard. We, t- we try so hard to encourage and enforce a, like, we're moving toward bedtime at 7.30, no later than 8. And these days, it's not unusual for her to be reading until 10. And yeah. then she wakes up at 6. And that's not enough time for a little kid. So, right. you know, you start uh, you start rattling the chicken bones, trying to figure out what to do. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, right. Well, you put... you you Right. You take two electrons, you marry them, put mm-hmm. them in separate boxes, take them across the world. Mm-hmm. They stay married. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That does, you know, we don't know why, but uh, electro- it, may, it may be, uh, it may be electronic love. It's it electronic be... marriage. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Are friends, a, are friends know, electric? It's, uh, it's an electron. <laughs> it's the same sex marriage too. They're, they're, you know, they're both negative. <laughs> it's an electronic ions, sex marriage. Whatever. Okay. Electronic, and then, uh, yeah. And then if you bring in a third partner, you call that an open ion. Like you, you bring, Mm-mm. you bring in somebody else, you know, b- with consent. And, sure. And now you, you've got you got something more more open involving electrons, maybe a bathrobe, but but uh, yeah. that's a poly- polyamorous kind of molecule. At the atomic level, I feel like there's a there's a lot more acceptance of a poly lifestyle, mm-hmm. mm. and that's a thing that we're evolving. You don't up think here that's normative, the... though? You don't think like everything wants to bind to carbon? You don't think that's uh, normative from an elemental point of view? 
think a lot. I think a lot of uh, a lot of, at the atomic level, a lot of things do want to bind to carbon, but mm-hmm. not everything. Well, it could be it could you know be that I mean? it rolled a high charisma, and everybody just likes carbon. What what I don't understand is how to apply that. Uh, how that is affecting what we think of as personality. Mm. Right. Like how much of your personality, how much of mine, which seem, you know, which we're always curious about is this genetic, Mm -hmm. but like at some level, is it atomic? Um, at at our consciousness and, and our curiosity about, uh, from whence it derives, like where does our consciousness leave? What, where, where is it not biological, but, but atomic also mm-hmm. something and deeper that, you're saying it's not just like i go to this ice cream place a lot because i like this ice cream place there could be something deeper going on but like i'm genetically predisposed to go to this ice cream place but what what if it is happening at a much deeper deep where i atomically need to be at this ice cream place and, I, and how well, would you know sh- sure like uh, like wh- we're we can kind of accept that when the moon is closer to the earth or when the, the moon is full, although I'm not exactly sure how that would work, but the moon's like always it has full, John, it's all, it's all just optics. Is, that's right. It's optics. That's right. It's optics. But, but, but we do talk about the way the moon pulls on us. We can see it pull on the oceans. That's measurable. But what we don't think about is that there's nothing that has ever happened in our entire, like the our entire awareness that isn't affected by gravity we're bathing in it all the time and we don't know what it is and gravity is like it has a real pull on us Mm. and so what it what role is that playing it's playing every role Mm -hmm. and we don't know we don't know what it is we don't know how to um really measure it and Mm -hmm. we don't know how it changes we don't know like i mean does it is gravity a wave or a particle? Are, is gravity changing all the time under our feet in imperceptible ways that oh, is affecting us? Oh, I like that. We're we're too close to it. Yeah, right. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it, from day to day, are are your moods which seem because because I see all the time someone's moods are a product of their emotions and they and those emotions and that um, and they're then sense of what is reasonable and rational it feels very real to them this is uh, this is their rational mind is mm-hmm. telling them that this is true if you interviewed true. them and, on the street and asked them about the situation they would very likely give you a completely different answer about what the right thing to do is but you don't pause for a minute because of some uh, atomic emotional decision yeah right i mean and, and it's part of it's part of kind of wrestling with depression what makes depression insidious is that it does not it it acts upon your rational mind, mm-hmm. so you can Ugh. you can explain your feelings very articulately, and it is hard to refute. It's hard to argue with because you're using that part of your mind. It's just that it's broken, yes. and so underneath us, right there, like is gravity. I mean, I feel like. All of physics sort of is like, well, gravity here, I mean, we understand it's like the thing or one of the big, big things, one mm-hmm. of the major forces. But it's the it's the weakest force, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And it acts upon the it, it acts at, at the greatest distance. And is it underneath? Is it underneath everything? Is it the is it the static or is it the governing hand? Mm. So well, it's like imagine you know. you've had that experience where uh, you're on a bus and uh, the uh, the bus next to you starts moving and it feels like you're going backwards, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to talk about time travel, but it, but in nope, that nope. instance, so you say, oh, like I'm a, I'm a grown ass man, I know what's happening here. That's just because of uh, I don't know the proximity parallax effect. You you notice that because you notice that, but like the thing is, if you're on a green screen and you're on a bus next to another bus and you both were going exactly 100 miles an hour, it would feel like uh, you're both standing still. Is what I'm saying. Even if you had 500 yep. buses, all I can't do the math. I'm not good at word problems. But I think in that right. case, you're saying gravity could be a same same kind of thing. You don't you don't notice the gravity because because the gravity is uh, is doing something spooky. Right, you're and, traveling and how, along. And how would you know? So you look over at a hubcap, yeah. right, as the, as the car is driving, and at a certain point, a certain sort of uh, RPM, mm-hmm. it suddenly looks like the wheel is spinning backwards. The wagon wheel effect. The wagon wheel effect. Mm-hmm. But what happens if you look over and it has that 
appearance, but the person in that car actually has a spinner hubcap, right? And the spinner hubcap is actually spinning weirdly relative to the RPM of the wheel. But you have taught yourself that that's the wagon wheel effect, but then it's just some trippy donk that's got (gasps) spinners. Turns out. That's a a huge, that's a huge turns out. Look, Look at all your fancy college education. Mm-hmm. Reading Wikipedia what are you gonna do about, about the wagon. What are you going to do about that now? Maybe that's just a spinner, asshole. Where's so maybe spooky action, spooky action at a distance is just some shit that's bouncing off some layer of gravity that we can't know at this at this juncture, mm-hmm. and popping up somewhere else, and it's just a ricochet. That's the simplest, the simplest thing in the world. It's being transmitted through this uh, gravity pipeline that's all around us all the time. It's a quantum computer. Mm. Uh, and uh, and someday, right? Someday, somebody's going to have a better theory of gravity, and we're going to all go, "Oh, it was that all along," or mm. you know, because it's so it's so all around us, it's so pervasive, and it's it seems like almost just that we don't have it, that it's a thought technology. Well, it's, it's, a, like, it's, it's a, like trying to scratch your fingernail with the same fingernail, picking up the tweezers with the tweezers. Like, how how are you going to do that, right? <laughs> What? How do Can't we do know it. if we're living in a giant's thumbnail? How would we even know? Do when you see green, is it the same green that I see? That's These are exactly the questions right. that science are going to need to address in, in the coming decades. Yeah, what if our whole universe is an atom inside of the fingertip of a giant being? And now the thing is, what if you have an entire universe living in your nails? Which I, if I garden or whatnot, I would totally believe that. It's well, just sure, really it's a, very disturbing. You know what it is? It's fractals. Fractals. I'm in yeah. the broad eye. And physics uh-huh. action at a distance is the concept that an object can be moved, changed, or otherwise, I know you know this, or otherwise yeah. affected without being physically touched, as in mechanical contact. Uh, that is, it is the non-local interaction of objects that are separated in space. Pioneering physicist Albert Einstein described the phenomenon as spooky action at a distance. He was so smart. Mm-hmm. He knows what time really it is. Whoa. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> for but now, I want to talk about now. time travel. But yeah, like so. We swore we weren't going to talk about time travel. (laughs) So, so I sit here and I think about a friend, and then the phone rings, and it's that friend. Ugh. Do you think that's like a uh, deja vu type situation? Because I've had I've had that happen a lot of places where I go, I have this sudden feeling of like, oh, this thing is about to happen, and then that thing happens. Now, did you cause that call to happen, or did gravity change the way you perceive the call's reception? Yeah, at at some point, it's it would be one thing for me to say I, you know, I um, I shook my uh, I shook my money maker mm-hmm. over here, mm-hmm. and a friend uh, in Boston who had a who had the same money maker. We bought them at the same time. Uh, my friend in Boston decided to shake his money maker. Okay, okay, at the same time, right? That's one thing mm-hmm. um, where it feels like there's some kind of energetic. Uh, bonding within the object, mm. but we make a huge dif- we make a huge differentiation uh, in the world of ideas. I had an idea of my friend, and my friend also had the idea of me, and we both thought to talk on the phone and 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 who had the idea first, right? My friend called me first, but, but did I trigger that with my idea or Mm. did he have the idea and I was the one being triggered or did, you know, like, and not to talk about time travel, but Mm -mm. but how, how how would you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did he Mm -hmm. send something Mm -hmm. out that, that arrived at me before the call? But we make that differentiation because the ideas feel like we're generating them. They feel like they belong to us. And that we are their source, but are we? What if the song is singing us? Well, and that's the thing you experience so much as an artist, where you're like, I'm sitting down at the piano today, I'm just going to tinker around. And all of a sudden you write your best song. Right. And it's like, where the fuck did that come from? How do you explain that? I mean, how do you you, uh, you, uh, uh, regenerate that tomorrow, you know? Yeah, and is is it... are there just other I mean I think a lot of artists even ones that are agnostic or even ones that are science based artists like um uh, like Dr. Demento mm-hmm. uh we all kind of agree that sometimes fully formed songs come to us in a in an envelope you know that, hmm. like that a, almost like fully, a vision 
Yeah, but it's like but a, it's a real a, like a Kubla Khan type situation. It just comes it to you. Like, like you go down for your opium nap, you wake up, wake up, and you got an epic poem in you. Yeah, except it feels like you're working. I mean, you're you're not just sitting mm. there taking dictation, although that is a that is a phrase. Luck that's favors been used. the like, uh, the well prepared. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you sit down and you're like, this this chord, this chord follows that, mm-hmm. and then you're like, this chord, I would never have done that before, but I did it today because I am creative. Mm. Uh, but it happens so fast that you feel like if I if creativity is a thing that I can, that I have perfectly harnessed, or if creativity is a thing that's just the product of my own uh, components, why am I so incapable of doing this on demand? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. And why, when it works and when it happens, is it does it feel so miraculous to me? And it's just like, why did I choose that? But I did, and pow! But how would you know? I mean, in my case, how did I remember, uh, without getting a reminder, I just remembered that it's trash day, and I have to take out the trash before I get the reminder. Then I get the reminder later, and it's like, oh, right, it's trash day. It must be because I already took mm-hmm. out the trash. How does that happen? Is that is that location-specific gravity? Is that spooky trash like at a, a distance? One- that could also be one in seven chance. Okay. There's only, okay. There's only oh, seven. Oh, it's, it's the birthday party problem. Yeah. You know, the, the, another thing is, though, like, for example, here's another thing. I, I'm very interested in that idea of naming and measuring. Because once you can name things and then name them more precisely, you can measure them and they can measure them more precisely. I think stuff gets super interesting. I don't want to get into spectrum disorder no. or time travel. No, please no. But, uh, but, you know, I think it's super interesting that <clears throat> all the kids who would get tossed into this one classroom when I was even, let's say, in eighth grade, that there's so many different ways to name and measure like what's going on, and we're able to do better things for those students because now we have a way to name and measure it. I'll give you another one, okay? I mentioned before, I don't want to talk about, uh, about uh, wearables, but, but I, uh, I, have, I have a dingus that, that tracks my uh, motion, like my sleep, and one of the things it can do is my dingus can tell when I have walked up steps, and, and yeah. do, you know, do you know how it works? Because I GPS. barely understand how it works. I think it might be local gravity specific. Mainly, what it's doing supposedly is it'll detect you just walked up, you just took thirteen steps, and the barometric pressure changed a certain amount in that ten feet. What your dingus is uh, is also a barometer. It's got it does barometric pressure. So, for example, yesterday we grilled out, which means going up and down a bunch of steps. Even though I didn't leave the house all day, I got in. I got in uh, 16, uh, 16 flights. That's not counting going down. That's just going up. And right. It does that. It does that. It does that. Now, see, I wouldn't be able to detect that. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Oh, I just walked this many stories unless I was counting. That, see, that seems a little a little magical. We've had a way to name it, and now I have an easy way to measure it, and it's usually pretty accurate. What do you think about that? I think that that is absolutely true. I, I, I just spent the weekend at Lake Arrowhead in California with the... Oh, did you uh, go to the Max FunCon? Yeah, television's famous Max FunCon. Oh, good for you. And Lake Arrowhead is at one mile height. Ugh. It is the same height up there as Denver, Colorado. But it's not a city. It's the Mile High Lake. And you immediately, because because there's no period of acclimation, you go from... The desert of San Bernardino, where people are having swap meets at old uh, drive-in movie theaters where they're selling each other Chevy truck parts, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the air feels like it is made out of Play-Doh, and then all of a sudden you're a mile up, and you can, I mean, you wave your hand through the air, and you feel that there is less of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it it isn't just that you're tired, and it isn't just that you're dehydrated, and it isn't just that you're kind of panting for breath but there's just less of what we know i mean there's just less of what we depend on Hmm. up there and uh the squirrels are smaller yeah you know small squirrels are that's a that's something you you don't want to see right the first time i saw first time i saw a fat squirrel it blew my mind there's two things two two things about i don't want to be ping pong but but uh i i uh i spent a lot of time growing up in florida where we have super skinny squirrels i mean they are crazy skinny. I didn't realize how skinny they were until my lady friend and I went to her home in Baltimore. And I saw a squirrel that was fat and black. It was super fat Uh and super black. Uh And it changed my whole paradigm. Well, and that's probably, that probably has to do with the specific gravity of, of, of Towson. And, and also Mm. the fact that, or excuse me, Phoenix, it was Phoenix. Technically they they have a Phoenix in in Maryland too. And, and, uh, did you know that it rose from the ashes? It rose from the ashes of uh, whatever, of like, uh, Fredericksdown uh-huh, that was there uh-huh, before. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Some of them named the down. wars by by the city, and other ones 
by the river. But in any case, I went back to Florida and I had a whole new squirrel's eye view of, uh, I realized it was, it was probably, it was very, uh, very normative of me to expect squirrels to be a certain way. Well, you know, Florida does not have a lot of squirrel food lying on the ground, and they, and you know, it's the fit that, and they have mange. Florida squirrels are mangy. Mange, high specific gravity. You got uh, what? Squirrels can survive everywhere, right? Yeah. I mean, squirrels are fucking everywhere. But here in in Seattle, squirrels are the size size of cats. No kidding. I mean, there's yeah, there's so much squirrel. Uh, it's like a squirrel banquet here. <laughs> Seattle squirrels. That'd be, a good name for a team. That'd be a great name for a, for a team. Oh, the Seattle Squirrels. Seattle Squirrels. That feels oh, like a softball team. Look at those little eyes. Yeah, and Seattle Squirrels are super adorable, and their their tails are so fluffy. Mm-hmm. They're just fluffy up here, and they're they're friendly. They're um, they feel very domestic. I have squirrels all over here. Um, I just was sitting in my kitchen making a pot of coffee, and I watched a squirrel do a thing that always amazes me, which is he was going along a fence, but he wasn't going along the top of the fence, which seems like, again, if you are, if you have a relationship to gravity like I do, mm-hmm. and you're you're traversing a fence, you would get up on top of it and run along the top of it, which you see squirrels do. They're certainly capable. But, mm-hmm. but this squirrel was kind of running across the side of the fence like skittering like skittering uh, skittering as though the fence was lying flat except it was upright just going straight across the side of the fence like, not, like, like, like a like the the squirrel matrix like it's it's like a bullet time yeah. squirrel that's that's insane yeah like it's running up the side of a wall except it's running sideways along a wall and i'm like squirrel why are you doing that that yeah. surely takes more effort then either to run along the ground, which mm-hmm. you're only four feet from, or along the top of the fence, which you're also only four feet from. It's an eight-foot fence. Mm. He must have his reasons. Why, he had some squirrel reason. Mm-hmm. But he has the athleticism and the fluffiness mm-hmm. to, to pull that shit off. Uh, up at Lake Arrowhead, the squirrels are the size of a teacup. I think they're called the teacup squirrels teacup of Lake squirrels. Arrowhead. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And they are freaky, right? I mean, those squirrels can hide in a pine cone. Which is not what you interesting. Are it's a, is that was that what John Sarkis would call an adaptation, an evolutionary determinism adaptation? Is that what that is? Yeah, I bet. I bet they. They. I bet they evolved mm-hmm. uh, to live in a pine cone because that was the. I mean, they You know, pine cone would make a nice house if you were a small. It took small it, maybe it took dozens of years of trying to sleep in different things before arriving at a pine cone. And again, you've got two different tracks here that are, that are, that are coming together. You got the pine cones over here, you got the squirrels over there. And and you mm-hmm. found some kind of a uh, kind of a relationship. Maybe maybe sure. the pine cone likes to be slept in. Sure, both things were evolving toward each other mm. because they wanted it. Mhm. Right? Untouched, but, but, untouched, spooky action at a distance. I feel like up at Lake Arrowhead. Right? So, gravity waves, they mm-hmm. have got to be different up there too. Oh, no question. But, but but how would we even know? I don't think there's even a way, way to measure it. The funny thing about going this year was, and you know this true, you, you know this too from past experience. Yeah. There are a lot of these things in our lives that, that, I mean, I used to look at a calendar of the year and it just looked like a giant empty mystery to me. I would sit at New Year's Eve and I would make some uh, some dumb pronouncement about the coming year. <laughs> But it, you know, the things that were, the things that loomed were uh, President's Day, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day. uh, Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Labor Memorial Day. Yeah. The last day of school, Mm -hmm. 4th of July, (laughs) Labor Day, Halloween. Mm -hmm. Oh, my birthday. Oh, yeah. And and beyond that, I had no idea what was going to happen. I mean, none. And then as I, and that, frankly, persisted well, well, well into my late 20s and 30s even. And then when I, when I actually had a career in music, it involved a certain amount of booking a tour in October, but we're booking it in April or June. And it was this amazing thing of like, well, up ahead, there's this thing that I know is coming. Right. And it's, and it's real. And, uh, and so everything that I'm doing now is in the, the shadow of this event in, in my future that I, that's unknowable to me, although it's been meticulously planned. 
And you talk you talk to another person about it. It isn't like you said, I'm going to lose 400 pounds by flag day. Right. It's like you right. actually talked to somebody else. You were, I don't want to talk about time travel, but you were both able to, to work together to wrap your head around the set of dependencies that would enable you uh, to be in some college town and not getting paid enough to, to do a rock show. You were yeah, both some... able to see past those signposts and granted your birthday to be able to, to put together a package. Sure. Somebody, and not just that, somebody mm. in St. Louis just wrote my name down on their calendar. And it stayed. And they, and it stayed. And mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. and that calendar went to the local, uh, alternative newspaper. Even though it hasn't happened yet. Right. <sighs> and that became, that became a really trippy thing that I, that I started. And I, I remember it was kind of like the moment that you go from having one key to four keys mm. on your key ring. It was like, uh, by by 2003, I could not only tell you what I was doing in October, but because South by Southwest was a flagpole in a calendar, it became the first thing that wasn't on everybody's calendar, right? That wasn't Valentine's Day. It became the first thing that was on my calendar and my gang's calendar, but it was going to be there every year. South by Southwest. Hmm. You knew what you were going to be doing during South by Southwest because we all went there. And then there were these tours that moved around and these record release dates that moved around that you could see in the future. But in the last eight years, I have planted so many of these fucking flags. Sketchfest in San Francisco. Joko Cruise. Max Fun Con. For a while there, it was Comic-Con was in there. And... You know, planting all these different things, Seafair in Seattle and so forth, where I knew I had a, a obligations. It was it was the way my year was built. And there were there were several years there where it felt like, well, this is my life now. I have I have lots and lots of 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 events in a in a in the course of a year that are cemented in. They're like standing standing events. Standing events, right? Where I can where I can put it into my calendar app and then scroll down and say every year, like someone's birthday. Mm-hmm. But then after you do that seven years in a row, you start to feel like, oh, am I doing that again? Mm-hmm. Like, has now my life become a thing where where I I'm not evolving anymore? I'm doing all these things like I'm just making the rounds, right? Mm. And and that had, and that can be a bummer. And this year, on my way to Max FunCon, I st- I had that feeling. I was just like, I've done this a lot, and is this what I'm doing again? And I got up to the mountain, and by the time I left the mountain after three days, it felt like uh, everything old was new again. Right? It was a really good year, and and it validated at least that standing event, you know, that, and that's, and that seems to be now a new process for me, go around and check in with all these pylons and, you know, and have to have to re up with them and say this, you know, this isn't a part of, this isn't an involuntary part of my life. I can uproot all these fence poles if I want, but if I go to them and, and they, then they still work or they work in a new way, I guess. Um, it's also okay to keep them hmm. and not, and not have to, and not feel like evolution into a, into a bigger or into a new person automatically negates these things. You're not just adding a bunch of compulsory flag days, flags day. Right. Or, or, um, you know, or reflexively tearing it all down because that's mm-hmm. how you become a new person. That's hmm. it's, it's it's been a it, it's been a kind of a weird year because 2016 was such a shit show from start to finish uh, that and and it, and it and it washed over into the first half of 2017. So it felt about, like talk, that, with you personally or as a as a as a culture for me personally yeah. for everyone I know personally yeah. and for the culture it seemed a little like, bit cursed. It really did. Nothing good happened in 2016 as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and and first part of 2017, it said I, I really felt like is this our new reality? Like everybody good dies, at, uh, at, like everybody good dies, and no, and nothing good happens. But now it feels like 
people are starting to pick up the pieces and you know we are living in a new reality but but we feel maybe even more charged to build good things i don't know i don't know it's i'm feeling i'm feeling a little hopeful well that's a that's wonderful to hear i uh, yeah. I, I another thing is how you described that whole thing of like okay you look at your calendar coming up for the next year and you go like, you know, oh, last day of school. I can imagine what that will be like for me. And Christmas, yeah. I can imagine what that will be like for me. But another yeah. another funny thing, and maybe this is an old man thing, but is that as that speeds up, and it's really felt like it's been speeding up since especially high school. Like, whoa, 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 what happened there? How, how did that go yeah. by? And, you <laughs> yeah. know, and like, for example, I use uh, Google Photos and Google Photos will every few days like throw up a like, hey, relive this day. I mean, there's other services that do this. It'll be like, relive this day from, you know, five years ago. <laughs> and I go, no way is that five years ago. And then I look at my kid in the picture. and I'm like, that was totally five years ago. So the other yeah. weird side thing is it isn't just that I can look at my calendar and see how I will feel about that day. But more increasingly, you think about the people around you and go like, oh, man. This she's gonna be ten this year. That's fucked up. Like how yeah. did how did that happen? I don't want that on my calendar. I'm not trying to get her yeah. start smoking. I think she's getting very tall. <laughs> the weird thing about babies too is, and I think this is a this has been a huge lesson to me. Was when my baby was born and people would come by to drop off a casserole, mm-hmm. like congratulations, you had a baby. I'm bringing you a casserole. And they brought their babies who were a year old. Hopelessly older than your child. And also grotesque. You know, those oh, one year old. You know what? I never hated anything more than a seven year old when my kid was born. <laughs> I was like, yeah. how do you still keep this thing around at this point? This is worse than puberty. These little boys are the worst. Yeah, they're so gross. And and the ba- you know, babies' heads grow faster than their bodies. And so you know, there would be these nine-month-olds or one-year-olds that would come with their moms to drop off a casserole, and you're just like, "What kind of encephalitis does your child have?" Yeah. Um, they just look dispor—they look unproportioned, mm-hmm. uh, or just like because you spend all day staring at a baby. You get you get you, get, you, uh, you imprint on the baby. Yeah, and then your baby's one year old. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is when you look at a newborn baby, that baby doesn't look strange. It looks like a little baby. I mean, a little wrinkled, rotten little acorn of a baby. Yeah. But it doesn't look weird. Right. But then you look at a three-year-old when you have a one-year-old and you're like, whoa. Ugh. It's a grotesque. And, yeah. And that continues. So I go to ele- elementary school now. My kid is in kindergarten and there are all these fifth graders running around. Oh, God. And I feel like, why are these people not building trail? I was mistaken. It's not a junior high thing. It Mm-mm. should start in fourth grade. From fourth grade till they're 22, they should be working for the National Park Service. Four, fourth grade to 22, so approximately 12 years of trail building. Well, think of the trails we would have. We have tremendous, tremendous trails. And, and the thing is, at first it would seem weird that they've been conscripted into building trails. But yeah. I think really after a couple generations, it's just going to feel like a normal thing. The thing is, you're bonded to your ten-year-old, so or your nine-year-old. So when she turns yeah, ten, she's fine for, it, for her type. Yeah, but you're not going to think, "I've had enough of this child. I want to send her to uh, the, to work for the forest." Mm-hmm. Right? She seems she seems normal and like and like a re, that's a it's been a reasonable progression. Yeah. But from my standpoint, watching nine-year-olds run around, I'm like, isn't there something better we can be doing with these? Maybe it could, like, it could, could be a pri- there could be a private vote. You know, maybe maybe there could be something where, like, when you you make a note, maybe maybe you, the kids have like a barcode or a QR code you could scan, and you go, "This kid looks like trouble." And if enough people scan that kid, trail. Oh uh, well, yeah, right. Wouldn't, I know. I, I mean, I you think... as tribute for the for the parks uh, department. <laughs> it's the lottery, except yeah, except, uh, except ha- instead of throwing stones, lot. you got to make your own clothes out of shit you find by the road. I've always thought that that should be a thing that is true on the roads. Every car has a barcode, and if enough people scan your oh. your uh, your barcode and put in asshole, then your car pulls over to the side of the road and stops running. Enough people catch you speeding, and the governor uh, kicks in. Guess what? Now you're not going over 20 miles an hour for a week. It's like it's like yeah. if you go too fast, you go too fast on your internet, and you use too much of your internet, and then they they kick you way way down as as punishment for using too much internet. Yeah, they kick you down for using their service. I know, <laughs> but 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 it feels like um, it feels like maybe that is a way that we could recapitulate the village, where everybody in the village knows everybody else's business. It takes a village to scan a child. 
That's right. We take away the anonymity mm-hmm. of uh, of our metropolis. Well, I'd still like to have a little, little bit of anonymity. There's a couple of kids well, I'd sure. like to send to the trail. I mean, you know, don't go, don't go out is one of the one solution. But also, I mean, yeah, you don't want to you don't want to be in a, in a in a black mirror yeah, world well, where you're sending well, the cornfield. I just send it in the cornfield. I just want them to, to build trail for no money for twelve years. I don't think that's yeah. too much to ask. Some of these kids are a real problem, John. I, you know, the thing about kids is that they could self-select because I'm around people all the time who, because I'm living in a world of liberal, uh, like modern contemporary parents, uh, around people who say, well, let me go ask my four-year-old and see what she wants to do. We always do that. Yeah. And it's like, it's good to take that into consideration, but mm-hmm. your four-year-old sometimes just wants to poop in their hand and throw it on the wall. That's true. Um, and if you're, and you are the grownups here. And so eventually you're going to have to make a choice. And I think a lot of, but, but at a certain point when they're 14 or even 10, I guess what they want to do is a much bigger part of your calculation. And I think a lot of 10 year olds just want to go, uh, do something like weird and mechanical. And wouldn't it be great if we could also, it's like all those dummies that are running on treadmills at the gym. If we and could just, the energy's going nowhere. Yeah. If we could just turn that into work somehow. Tears and rain. Well, this, this really hits close to home for me. Cause my daughter, she's, I don't want to say that she's late to this. She's been doing it a long time, but she's into the Minecraft, which is mm. a video game. That's kind of like Lego. You build stuff. Everything is a, is a cube and there's different kinds of cubes and you can make this, all this amazing stuff. So I'm just saying at this point, she already definitely has an infra- interest in infrastructure and, and maybe right. we could leverage that. If somebody scanned her hard enough, five, six people scan her, you know, maybe she, maybe she goes to Oregon and makes a trail. Well, and Minecraft does feel, this is uh, again on the continuum of history and we're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Minecraft has attracted so much mind energy and so much time and focus and like creative focus of such a huge number of kids that we had never, we formerly didn't, all those kids were not coordinated. Their efforts all across America, kids were building things with Legos, but there wasn't any central repository. But they were their building work. a Lego under a bushel basket. Right. I mean, gravity was just pulling them mm-hmm. and in their own little muddy corner. Yeah. Now we have all that collected energy, but we're still basically doing it and making a making a thing that just is a, a thing of itself. It doesn't those Minecraft buildings aren't real. Hmm. And we're, I think, still thinking maybe in terms of, well, we're all headed into this virtual reality there. We have the doors are open. The garage door is open now and we're gradually transferring our energy into this space where th- where unphysical things do become real because they're real in this in this uh cloud mm. mm-hmm. but they're, they're only not real to us they're very real to the people that are making them right but they don't do actual work but but increasingly if they're generating bitcoins mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you separate them from Things that are, you know, how do you separate them from a windmill that's turning, uh, that, you know, that's grinding wheat uh, in, and making bread? And windmills don't make bread. I know that. So don't, please don't write in. No. But, but I don't necessarily know if that, we can't know right now if we are all moving in there or if something is going to come along and say, wait, this was a, this was a cul-de-sac. And what we're actually going to do is this, you know, we're going to start using this technology this way instead, or, you know, we're not settling this wild west of, of minefield land where we're building giant Eiffel towers that everybody can come see. That was fun. But what that taught us is this, what that taught us is actually, we're going to start using phones that don't have screens anymore. We're going to go back. We're going to go back to flip phones, right? Back to mono. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Who, who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, how how, how the, could we know? How could we know? Mm-hmm. Unless we wanted to talk about time travel. Mm. 
Mm. It's going to have to but come if, up at some point. But so, I mean, you, is, it, is part of it that Minecraft is a little bit like the exercise bike in the sense that, like, do you think that should be actually, and again, this, I'm not talking about time travel, but do you think those should actually be generating something for someone to live in somewhere, whether that's another child in a Minecraft, it could be a squirrel who's tired of living in a pine cone, it could be, it could be Jesse Thorne who's up on a high mountain. Should, should yeah. somebody be living in that, or should we be harnessing the energy in a spooky action sort of way to direct all that activity into something else, some kind of an activity sink where we could store all this like a battery what are your thoughts that is what i'm saying right like right the develop the first one of these that we did was the the widely distributed seti work right everybody right all the nerds around the country set their computers so that when they weren't actively working on them they were using their distributed power of all these ibm pcs with 128k to to do the you know the back-breaking labor of of looking through all this data. Data, data, and data. Data, data, data. We don't have enough room on our Cray supercomputer to calculate all this fucking static. And so it's we're going to distribute it across all these dumb uh, compacts. And so, but SETI seems to be, and, and, and you know, and part of like the implication of the cloud. Uh, and, oh, and then the next thing was file sharing, right? The, hmm. That, that, that if you went on and said, I want to watch Braveheart starring Mel Gibson, uh, I'm going to find it. It's it's available out there Talk in about the like a Napster-type situation? Yeah. Well, there, yeah, the and, people... and, the, and the funny consequence of that was the previous model of the last 200 years or whatever has been based on privation and the idea of a limited physical copy sitting in a store that someone has a license to sell. You go in and buy it, that's one less copy in the world. Not only was that upended with file sharing, but in fact, turns out... If Britney Spears' MP3 was the most popular MP3, you actually got it faster, not slower. Right. Right? Right. That's not just a license to sell. That's a license to ill. Mm-hmm. 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 But like you look at somebody like an Elon Musk. What if what if an Elon Musk, I know you're a fan of his work, you look at somebody like an yeah. Elon Musk, what if he said, hey, who says batteries are only for storing uh, energy? What if what if uh, we made a battery that stored different kinds of things? The obvious thing would be that when you make your Minecraft village, somehow I don't know, maybe your attention goes into that. You get an attention sink, you get kind of a time battery. Are there other kinds of things that could be stored for future use inside of a potentially renewable battery? Is that is, is that exact, a thought technology anybody is working on right now? Exactamundo. So we know it's going somewhere. One, All that attention is going somewhere. Why are we not capturing that? If they're not going to be building trail, they should at least be filling whatever the battery is 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 holding. At a basic physical level. All of the typing that we all do on our computers, Mm -hmm. we think that when we push the button down, what we're producing is a letter on our magic screen. Okay. But in fact, we're also generating heat that is dissipating, right? And I don't mean battery heat, but you're pushing Mm -hmm. up and down on these buttons. Thermodynamically. Yeah, right. We're pushing up and down on these buttons, and they are Mm. tiny levers. Mm -hmm. And they have resistance built into them. Like, there is resistance to make it feel tactile. Um, We could be just using those tiny, weird, like, unroll a piano key, like in big, and dance a jig. Um, But we have these little buttons because we like the feel of them, and we like the clickety-clackety sound. But there and all those isn't... little letters and all of that heat makes words. The words make sentences. So something's, right, but something's accumulating. It is, but what we're what we're missing is that we could also be harnessing the energy, the tiny little energy, if we had little generators attached to the keys of the keyboard. Sort of like we when, when be... you're a kid and you get one of those flashlights where you go, zhu, 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 zhu. It looks like one of those uh, things mooks use to get their hands strong. You go, zhu, yep. zhu, 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 and that charges up the battery. Similar kind of situation. There's some kind of a, a kinetic, uh, potential kinetic energy that, that, that's moving, moving through the device and is then getting stored yeah. in the Elon Musk battery. Well, yeah. So we, we think of power generation uh, through, through friction as being something that we do on a large scale, like at, out at a, at a, at a hydroelectric dam, right. we're running tons and tons of water through these giant generators. Okay. Yeah. But if every computer in the country had a tiny little, had tiny little generators under every key, Ooh. but they were all linked together in such a way that we were generating megawatts of electricity just from the action of our fingers pushing these buttons up and down we think we're doing one kind of work which is making words 
Hmm? But the actual, but we're also actually generating electricity, just like we were, we're just like we are if we're running on a treadmill. We're actually generating power. And if our, we could our just... experience of this is not diminished at all. In fact, we like we like the uh, the friction, as you say. That that that's exactly. part of the experience. We like that. But then, like, where's that going to go? It's the regener- regenerative braking concept. Uh, like if you take your battery-powered car up to 80 yep. miles an hour and then mm-hmm. you put on the brakes, why don't you put some of that energy back in the battery? The more you stop, the more energy you get. The, the love, you, love you make is equal to the love you take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so if you then figure out a way to use mind, to capture mind energy the same way, mm-hmm. all these kids out there making Minecraft Eiffel Towers, mm-hmm. I don't mean to suggest that we that we invent a game that employs that power to actually create something that the kids don't, that they're not aware they're creating. They're playing games. They wouldn't miss it. They're already doing nothing to help society. At least we can get whatever their pleasure is and find some way to put it into like a, into a, uh, into a device, a storage device, a kind of, a kind of existential hard drive. Or that they are building a larger structure that they're not aware of because the game that they're playing, like for instance, I sit and play fucking threes all day now because i got back on the habit i thought i i thought i had kicked it i thought i could do it i thought i could go back just just play play a game on new year's eve just to celebrate my you know my independence but what if moving those numbers around was actually somehow also calculating something and I want, you know, to, I want pattern- to show you something here. I just sent you a link to something in Skype. You don't have to click it, but let me just explain to you. Yes, I have the Matt Howie problem. I have home automation. I have things. I have I have the, a brand of light called Philips Hue Lights. And I'm very surprised that you're saying this out loud. I know, I know. I don't want to get hacked. But the what, but the what thing if, is... Did you say hacked? I don't want to get hacked. I'm saying it like my like my, like my sister-in-law. Every every time she uses the same username and password and tells me she got hacked, she goes, I got hacked. I got hacked. That's because you're using... The, so here's the thing. This is the thing that changed this whole thing. I, I'm going somewhere with this. It's called the Philips Hue tap switch. And this is the thing that changed everything. Because any room where you got these dingling lights... Do you want to be a person who's using your phone to turn the lights on and off? No. You want to have a switch on the wall. Now, this switch is really cool. It's kind of costly. But it's really cool because it's got four buttons on it. And you can program the button to do all kinds of stuff. In most cases, that, that big fat button is usually the off button, and then you can have what's called oh, the, a scene associated with it. Oh, wait, the whole thing is a button? So it's four buttons. Do you see each of the... I'm, I'm, uh, no, I'm looking at it, it has three buttons. Well, and then the, it's got four, because the big one, the one with the one dot, is actually a big button. Oh, the whole... So the whole mm, thing... Anywhere that's not a button is also a button. Uh-huh. Right? That, put that, put that the, in your the, battery and store it. Yeah, so here's the, here, here's the, the thing. Button, so the button. This thing's a, it's, it's revolutionary. It's changed everything in the house. But here's the thing about this. If you're looking at that specifications, you ready for this? This yep. thing it doesn't have a battery. It doesn't have an electric. It is powered huh? by, wait for it, kinetic energy. By using this thing, you power this thing. There it is. There it is. There it is. Kinetic energy. What? Every one of our computers could be doing this right now. The energy that we put into Let's them. Let's start small. Let it begin with me. If I'm doing my, my bullshit typing here on the keyboard, how is that not powering my computer and generating Bitcoin? Isn't that something that could be happening as a background, as I call it, a background process? Beep, boop, beep. Beep, boop, beep. But put it, put it into the uh, storage facility. I don't know. I, I think people think it's too small. I mean, yes, we're all interested in batteries. Yes, we would like for these things to last longer. But I mean, let's look for cases where people just doing normal shit uh, gives us valuable resources, much like the game Minecraft. When your computer is sitting on your lap and it makes your crotch hot, yes, your crotch is also making the computer hot. Now, why are we not harnessing, why are we not wearing like uh, cameo cod pieces Meow. that <laughs> that are <laughs> <laughs> okay you're saying it's that a are near collecting field. that heat okay it's a touchless near field maybe it's touched it could be a touched crotch mm-hmm. but the point is they're in like... proximity to each other and in the same way that you would use seti to pick up non-existent radio noise that may or may not be an alien in this case it's your cameo crotch blocker that is that is d- drawing that out you're you're, you're also yeah. you're 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 uh you're recharging uh the, the cod piece yeah. As well as providing a buffer, and it's yeah. it's win 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 win. Well, or you could do, you could build a whole you could build it you could I guess probably with with tools just around your house. Why don't they make the whole suit out of codpiece? It's like a black what? box, right? 
Yeah, it feels like that that would be like that suit that that guy was trying to make where he could go out and live with the grizzly bears and not get eaten alive. <laughs> Have you seen the people in panda suits? In no. China, when they've got they've got pandas that they eventually <laughs> they eventually want to reintroduce into the wild, the people dress up in panda outfits to handle them, and it's so oh, cute. No. Oh, I don't know no. if it works. It could just be that they're furries. God bless them. Uh, yeah, and, and that they just Hopefully. they just want to be interacting with the pandas and have a special suit. But the, how sweet Probably. is that? I wonder if one of those people goes into the panda enclosure after dark. <laughs> after hours. <laughs> <laughs> Panda reintroduction after dark. Hey, hey guys. What's up? Uh, but I, I was thinking about a cod piece where you actually it was like a it was like a radiator. You ran cold water in one side, warm water out the other, you're 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 heating up your shower. Oh, it's like cold fusion or a Sullivan generator. You're able to the sui generous, you're gonna generate things like like ba- base minerals, you're gonna get uh I mean coal, coal's coal's coming back. Could be like Super Train, right? Where you're collecting <laughs> trace amounts of uh, of platinum and gold mm-hmm. out of your crotch heat. We just we throw so much away, you know, and we really throw it away. Really, where is away? Have you ever looked at your body under a black light? I mean, really, really looked at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You have? No, it's it's not good. I look like a crime scene. The thing about the thing about a black light, African American light. Sorry, uh, a fat fat black light. Mm-hmm. Is we use them in Alaska as part of a gold mining uh, operation? Because, Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, because you see, as, as I say on dead, we see the color, right? It, it, it highlights it like a, like a fluorescent Led Zeppelin poster. You just see it right there, gold. Right. Well, yeah, and you can you can put a black light, you know, and 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 discern the minerals in a in what it otherwise is a bucket of sand. Ugh. It's pretty hot. That's amazing. If, if you're working at a gold mine, yeah. And you're living in a cabin that doesn't have electricity, and you turn out the gas lights that are on the walls at night because it's time to go to sleep. And in the process of laying there, being tormented by the sound of mosquitoes that are flying around you, you find a black light in order to see the mosquitoes so that you can kill them in the dark because you're not going to light the fucking lamp again. And then, because you're a teenager, you shine the black light on yourself. (sighs) And then you see all of the stuff that's on you. All the dander. That you couldn't see in the fingerprints and the crazy, like, things on your body that are glowing. Naming naming and measurement, John. That's right. Right? So you're, seeing, w- you're seeing the unseen. Was that stuff not there until you saw it? Nay. Right. It's always been there. You've always, the dander has always been on you. What stuff is on me right now that would glow if I only let it glow? And how would you know? Let your let let that light under a bushel shine. Let it glow. Let it glow. Yeah, yeah. I love this Philip Hugh. Ta- well, you know the the big mind fuck for me was when you sent me that um, keyboard for my computer that was solar powered. Oh, is how crazy is that? I'm that using remote- one of those right this minute. Are you using the uh, Logitech uh, K760? The Logitech K760. I'm using it right now. I'm using it right now yeah. as we speak. And you know what? The energy is going f- fucking nowhere. All that beautiful <laughs> sun being captured. So I can sit, sit here and look up pictures of the Adventure Time Minecraft mashup that isn't out yet. What a waste. What a terrible waste. But as we know, mm-hmm. your office has yeah. no sun in it no sun. at all. Mm-mm. Sun cannot penetrate the all the way back to where you are. Yeah. You're back by the toaster oven in the bathroom. And also, I fucked up. I bought the wrong kind of light bulbs. I, th- I thought I was being smart. I got the 1600 lumens. Check. But I also got right. there 6500K. So they're oh, super blue. Too bright. Too, too blue. Too, uh, yeah, no, that's blue. I don't want too blue. No. I don't want too yellow. This has always been my beef with these goddamn lights. And now I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. I, I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I've just been like uh, taken up into the firmament. It's, it's awful. Yeah, right. You're trying to get pink, right? You're trying mm. to find the, or as as we say up here in the northwest, pink. Pink. Yeah. Ah! I don't know. You know, you get spoiled with these dingling expensive light bulbs because you can make it exactly how you want. My new jam at home is to make the entire house red. It's like it's like uh, it's like being in a dark room, literally, it's like being literally in a, a dark room. But but an Amsterdam brothel. Don't have to turn on the red light. Roof. It's amazing. It's ama- It's so relaxing. You don't realize how blue light is until you yeah. sit around. Till you sit around in some red light, and then you go to the bathroom because you get you gotta you gotta spend a penny. Boom! Blue light blinded. Ouch. Yeah. But kinetic I energy, put, I John. Buy, I mean, there's there's no reason we can't be putting this everywhere. Like when you walk down when you walk down a staircase and you're holding on to the handle, that should be generating energy. 
Well, it will be once we get our all over body suits that are first of all solar mm-hmm. solar collecting <laughs> mm-hmm. they also collect all of the friction that we generate in the course of a day every time we hug somebody so you're we're, telling me i could get a cod piece where friction on the cod piece would actually generate energy or in the case of elon musk other things that could be stored in batteries it could it could store emotions but all i know is i need to get that cod piece rubbing on something uh, because environment because right now your arms are swinging you're climbing stairs and all that energy is just being collected by your fitbit just Ugh, to tell you things it's sickening but and i still have to charge it every whole... couple of days i still gotta charge it it's not charging itself like if, if, if i were to do crazy. something with my right hand i think that should get registered as as a potential and, and kinetic energy somewhere it should you're swinging that hand all day up mm-hmm. and down back and forth mm. why the fuck isn't it generating enough energy to keep itself alive tears and rain but so we put on these bodysuits, right? They're probably also going to be like uh, they're also going to be like plus two against swords and stuff. Oh, that's just, um, that's just smart. You know, you build that in from the beginning. Right? Yeah, right. I mean, you send somebody into space, we, you know, it's going to be cold. You don't want to have to wear a spacesuit plus a sweater. Let's account for that in how we make the suit. You want to spend twenty million dollars, uh, uh, like developing a pen that can write upside down, or do you want to use a pencil? Or do you, you know, for example, uh, maybe you don't want to carry your lunch around. Maybe it's got cargo pockets where you could put you could put beverages. You could have a Lacroix. You could you could put uh, you could put a sandwich in there, right? No, no, no. The Lacroix is going to come from the hydration uh, bag that's uh, that's that's down in your in the small of your. You're back. saying you you have on-site onboard Lacroixization of your fluids. The fluids are wicked away alien style, and they pass through some kind of a, a high-pass filter, and that comes back to you as Pomplamoose uh, Lacroix. It, well, or, or it'll be it'll be like your little pump uh, activated, uh, right, right. you know, water fizzy or fizzer. Yes, the soda stream. Yes, the soda stream. But you'll have little packets of Lacroix, uh, like uh, vague, imperceptible flavors, mm-hmm. which are perceptible. Yeah, really, really and just, disappointing flavors. But but and even opening the packet would generate energy, and reuse all the resources of your body and possibly your lunch. That's a really good idea. But, even though we're moving away from a Minecraft universe back into a flip phone universe, mm-hmm. that's why we make the suits plus two against swords and, and sharp objects. Mm. Because we're actually going to be living in a medieval world, except the suits will also be animal characters because we're moving into a furry world. Just for the job you want. <laughs> we're moving into a, <laughs> a, a, a uh, like a medieval... Could, uh, could you look like a panda creat- when you're wearing it? <laughs> Yeah, it's a creative anachronism world. It's going to be like... Hello, governor. It's going to be the Robin... It's basically uh-huh. we're moving into the animated Disney Robin Hood world. <laughs> oh, where we're all We're all animals mm. who are also in medieval times. That made Marion was and, a fox. And are... She literally... And, <laughs> and we're all going to be Polly, too. And we're going to be... And that spooky action at a distance is going to be cooling our cod pieces. <laughs> Polly want a cod piece. <laughs> Well, that's more like it. 